0: I've made sure that the projects that I've chosen already have that relationship with the community, um, and we sort of build that as we go, as opposed to just, yeah, another random group coming in.
1: Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucketslash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, My goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. Welcome everybody to the show, so glad you're here. A lot of times we put things on our bucket list that are huge travel things, things that uh, make us feel adventurous and do those kind of things. But there's a lot of talk these days about the impact that so many people traveling to all these locations has, whether it's Machu Picchu or even Hawaii, where indigenous folks are saying, hey, don't come and visit here because you're using our resources. And that can make us pause and think sometimes. But I think hearing our guest today will help you see that uh, you can still do those things with a conscience. You can still cross off those big adventurous travel things on your bucket list because of the thing that she crossed off hers. So i love to introduce Alicia Petrie. And uh, she describes herself as, an, as a proud Aussie, an adventurer, a beach cleaner, and a traveler. Alicia, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you, Roger, for having me on. That's, uh, yeah, the four words that pop into my mind straight away when someone says, who are you, Alicia? Say, <laughs> I'm an Aussie that loves to get out and adventure and spend my days beach cleaning.
1: <laughs> awesome. That, uh, that sounds great. So tell us, Alicia, what did you uh, cross off your list?
0: So what I crossed off my list was I started my own eco-tour company.
1: Okay, great. Now, now let's, let's go back before you started the company. Where, what were you doing? What was your life like? And what led you to making this decision to put this on your list and cross it off?
0: Yeah, great question, Roger. And I love talking about this. Um, I was on the back of a motorbike in Vietnam. Mm. (laughs) And I had spent a lot of time um, growing up with my family going out. uh, Summertime, we'd camp at a beach where a critically endangered turtle species, the loggerhead, um, comes up and lays their eggs. So I've always had this marine conservation passion, um, and I delve into that into university. I started a science degree, and I was on the back of this motorbike in Vietnam. Thinking, "Geez, I love travel and I love adventuring, and you know, I just want to do this for the rest of my life." But how can I do this um, and you know fulfill my dream whilst also giving back to the environment and the ocean, and as well as bringing people together so that they too can can learn about it. So. Uh, Fast forward a couple of years after backpacking and volunteering overseas, completing the university degree, I jumped on board and threw it all in the deep end and just started my own tour company, Um, which then I got to run one tour and it all went on hold with COVID. But uh, in October, my first tour is back running. So I'm super glad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's great. So how did those two things collide right when i hear your story i I hear you know all this travel uh that you did especially when maybe you were younger and then you went and got this degree how how did those two things mesh for you um what was the thing that said oh i'm going to put these things together and and i'm going to do this
0: yeah roger i've always been very passionate for doing what you love and following that passion and you know Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm definitely not a nine to five sitting in an office person mm-hmm. job. So I remember having this conversation with my parents at, at the dinner table one time, like, I don't want to live this nine to five. So my two passions, it's just, I've got to find a way so that I can mesh these two together and still fulfill my dreams and yeah, live out that passion.
1: That's incredible. So what were the first couple of steps you took to start making this happen? I know COVID kind of put a, a hold on it for a little bit, but what were some of the things you did to like start meshing those two things together to make this eco tourism work for you?
0: You know what, to be honest, it was very much just fake it till you make it, you know, <laughs> like I had worked in the tourism industry before I'd also worked in conservation background. So I knew the general gist of, you know, running a tour and getting out there and, and planning trouble trips for myself. So I thought, I mean, maybe I was a bit naive. I thought this can't be too hard to plan a trip for 10 to 15 people. Um, I didn't have any business background whatsoever. And Mm. as I'm sure you can appreciate too, we're always learning every day when you jump into these new projects. So yeah, it was just basically doing a bit of research, talking to some people and just going for it through myself in the deep end
1: what was the response from your parents? You make it sound a little bit like they do come from that nine to five world. And was this a stretch um, for them to kind of get on board with this and the people around you? How did they respond? Yeah. So they were
0: all, they were all for it. They knew that that's what I loved and they could always see me just beaming up when I was talking about the environment and when I was planning that next trip or, you know, talking to them um, via emails back in the day when, when we were traveling and, Actually, it was for them that, you know, the the nomad spirit came from. So we traveled mm-hmm. a lot um, as kids. So they were taking us around Australia in a in a caravan. So they were all for it. <laughs> and even still to this day, I'm, I'm 30 next week and my dad says to me, yeah, how many real jobs have you actually had, Alicia? You're <laughs>
1: always on this adventure. Uh... Oh, that's rough. Because I know, I know that you do a lot of work. I put trips together too before for teenagers. And so I know how much work goes into that. So when someone says, you know, coming back from one, how was your vacation? It's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I'm not, this is not vacation. This is work. Yeah, Um, you love it, but it's definitely work.
0: Yes, definitely. I will admit to having a few pina coladas when that tour is over. You're like, okay, we all survived. <laughs> we got through it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So, are you doing this alone? Do you have do you have a group of people that are helping you, or some friends? I mean, is this when you're putting a trip together? How much of it is you, and how much of it is other people?
0: It's it's all me, and wow. I only woke up this morning thinking. Geez, do I need to look into getting some help? But you know, when you start a new passion, you kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's a bit selfish of me. Like, I I want to do this myself and prove that I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean like relaunch it. So it all happened before COVID and it was very successful. And obviously, I had help from the support of my family and friends around me, but yeah, all the nitty-gritty is just me and my laptop and the phone and <laughs> going for it.
1: Okay, so I have questions about the actual tours that you put on. Sure. Uh, I'm very interested in knowing how you select locations, and then also you have, you include projects in your, um, in your trips. How do you pick the projects and how do you, you know, find them and, and uh, decide which ones you're going to do?
0: Yeah, so I've always had, uh, well, I've always loved traveling to Southeast Asia. That's where I've Mm -hmm. spent most of my time backpacking and volunteering. So naturally, that's where I chose or I have chosen to run my tours for now anyway. Um, And with that travel and backpacking and the volunteering that I'd done pre-starting my own company, It was just a matter of connecting with those people again and and saying, Hey, you know, I love your organization and what you're all about. How would you feel about bringing or me bringing a group of 10 to 15 people to come and join you? And as you said before, before we kicked off the the interview, volunteering can sort of be a little bit of a, a gray area because it does have its positives and negatives. So choosing the right project is very important. Um, and especially with my background with the marine conservation side, with that you're not really diving too much into schools and having that big impact on children seeing lots of different faces all the time when they're coming into classrooms and teaching English and stuff. So I've made sure that the projects that I've chosen already have that relationship with the community um, and we sort of build that as we go as opposed to just yeah another random group coming in so yeah what I do is I do a little recce before I go and do the tour so for example I'm off to uh, Bali next week to plan for my next tour so I'll just be checking in with the people doing the projects I'll be checking in with the hotel people the um, local drivers and whatnot there and yeah just sussing it out and making sure that they're all good with it and it's all gonna work for the tour itself
1: and so what typically are these projects like are they just like cleanup or is it you know real in depth do you teach the people that come on the tours as well about what they're they're doing and why it's important or how do those projects look like when they're a part of the the tour
0: yeah so it's a bit of everything there Roger it's definitely getting out there doing beach cleanups but also then collecting data from that and that's where the Um, collaborations with the projects come in so you know if they're already a well established project they're collecting data so we can go in and help them with the beach cleanup and then actually look at that and I always find that when we talk about that and actually sort through the the rubbish that we find it's really a an aha moment for people to see okay wow we've just collected 50 toothbrushes from this beach So what's the problem here? Okay, plastic toothbrushes. And then we do like a little workshop after it to sort of reflect on what we've found. Um, And then outside of that as well, we do coral surveys. We'll do um, Mm. turtle surveys of the the beach. Um, That was one project that we've done. We've done... um, dive surveys as well. So depending on the group that's coming. So it's, it's lots of, we do a a workshop and then we'll go out and do the activity and then we'll do a reflection on it so that there's that understanding of, of why we're doing that. And then too, whilst I'm running my project uh, tour to tie in with all the project work, you know, to go and do a beach clean every day, but then we're buying plastic water bottles or using plastic straws and plastic toothbrushes ourselves what's the point in picking up the rubbish. So I try and implement a a plastic free tour as much as we possibly can, so that it sort of goes full cycle with everything that we're doing.
1: I'm excited to announce the release of my new book, Live Out Your List, Finding Joy Through a Bucket List Lifestyle. The book covers the three stages of the lifestyle, including bucket list mindset, bucket list creation, and bucket list management. It provides tips and strategies to enhance wherever you are in your bucket list journey. To learn more about the book, visit crossingitoffpodcast.com backslash book. Purchase the book today and start to live out your list. Now back to the show. So who are you finding are interested in these tours? Who, who are seeking you out? I mean, because I'm sure there's there's people out there that want to be conscious travelers and, and be intentional about their travel of being less impactful. Who are the people that you're finding? What age group, those kind of demographics are, are interested in this type of, of tours?
0: Yeah, so it's mainly females. Um, and that's what I found throughout all my travels and, and volunteer work is that Females are, seem to be out there more doing this conscious trouble um, and through the network that I have, it's actually been mostly older people that, you know, it's this kind of new thing in their face and they've never thought about doing an eco trip or a volunteer oh. trip whilst going overseas. It's always been, you know, <laughs> a all-inclusive trip to Hawaii or, you know, something that's all planned out and you're just sitting in your nice hotel. You might do a day trip here and there. so. I find that these ladies um, are really interested in it because it's something that they've never done before.
1: Interesting. And when you say older, be careful. What do you, what do you mean by yes.
0: older? Um, more than, older than 45? Okay. <laughs> older I'm than old. me. I'm old. Okay. So you great. would fit in just fine, Roger. Oh, great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So... Uh, when they're done and they've they've completed these tours and they've done the projects what's some of the feedback what do you think that they're learning and taking away from this experience
0: you know when we finish the tour it's probably one of my favorite things to ask is okay what have you taken away from this and obviously as a tour guide too i'm watching their reactions throughout the the tour itself so because we can run a 10 to 14 day tour so you're really learning more about these people and Mm. you're watching their reactions two things that happen. Um, And yeah, at the end of the trip, those are the sort of things that come out like, wow, I'm going to go home and, you know, change the way I shop and change the way I I look at the environment and just appreciate it a lot more than what I have.
1: That's awesome. I think that's a great outcome. Yeah. As far as starting the business, what was the thing that you found most difficult or, you know, as far as the learning curve, as far as putting the tours together? I know you've you've done some of it before and had some experiences, but what was the thing that like took you by surprise? Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've got to figure this out.
0: Um, Excel sheets. (laughs) (laughs) I, like I said before, I'm not a computer person. So it has been a massive learning curve for me. Just trying to stay organized and on top of everything, you know, with money coming in, money going out, different time zones is always a a tricky one. So, obviously, down here in Australia, I'm waking up as you guys are are going to sleep and calling it a day. Um, Yeah, so more of the behind the scenes stuff has been a big shock for me and just how much work is put into organizing a trip like this. And I think too, like, especially after COVID, I mean, I know for Southeast Asia, especially places like Bali, you know, small island communities that rely pretty much 100% on tourism. Yeah. And they've really taken a step back to look at how the tourism has just exploded. And so moving forward, I think that the more sort of conscious travel that we can encourage, the better, so that these places don't just end up, you know, with rubbish everywhere and, I don't you know, know if you heard about Boracay in the Philippines, they actually no. shut that island down for a year because there was so much development, like the the sewage was run, running out onto the beach and there was trash everywhere and it was just, wow. it was a nightmare. So they closed it all down and they did it all up and they changed you know all the infrastructure of it and now it's very strict rules to actually even travel to Boracay. Um, for that reason. And, you know, a lot of the Filipinos, when you talk to them, they're like, we don't want that to happen to our island. So we're doing what we need to do for the environment and to move forward to do tourism correctly. So, yeah, it's sort of like the silver lining to uh, a disaster.
1: And so without repeating yourself of anything else you've already said, what's something that, like, surprised you in, like, a major good way? Like, you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that this was going to be residual outcome of what's happening and i love this what what is that one thing
0: the fact that people were actually interested in joining me
1: Mm. (laughs) explain that feeling when you felt that when people started gravitating towards it and booking where what was the feeling like for you
0: yeah i mean i don't know if i can swear on the show but i was like oh shit like people (laughs) are actually you know like it's a new business so we're always cautious now with what we're booking online and who we're connecting with. And you have to second think sometimes before you send, you know, this, your hard earned dollars over the phone or mm. through a, an internet website. Um, so yeah, that's probably the biggest shock that has had a positive impact on me is like, I can do this. People are interested in this. Let's just keep going.
1: That's a, that's an incredible feeling. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so what is, uh, What's next for the business? What was, what's the, I mean, you had to kind of slow down during COVID and then restart. What's the, what's the next big thing that you're looking forward to as far as this business is concerned?
0: Yeah. My, my goal now is relaunch it. And I've set an achievable goal that I want to run at least five tours, five full tours next year. So Mm -hmm. um It's just I'm sort of testing the water. I don't want to go out there and say I've got 100 tours available and then, you know, you can only fill one. Um, So, yeah, that's sort of like the next step. I find that breaking these big goals down into little achievable steps is the best way to go about it because, you know, if you look at something massive like that, like a five-year plan, okay, how can I get there tomorrow? But that's impossible. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Running at least five tours this year and also expanding into Indonesia, which I've just started working on. So before COVID, it was Philippines and Thailand and now um, Philippines, Thailand and Indonesia. That's
1: that's just awesome. If somebody was going to start a business like this and they came to you and said, hey, what's the one thing I need to make sure I do if I'm going to do this? What would that be? If they were going to start an eco-friendly tourism or travel company, what would that? What that thing? What did you tell them? Is that thing they need to do?
0: Yeah. Well, firstly, I would say, good on you. Just <laughs> jump in the deep end and don't give up. Like you know, there's going to be mornings when you're going to wake up and go, oh my god, I've just had ten people message me and they're all asking different questions. How do I go about this? Don't give up. But also to just Make sure you' you're ready for that. Make sure you know what you're stepping into. You know, don't go and organize a, a tour to somewhere that you haven't been before and you don't know mm-hmm. the lay of the land or the mm-hmm. culture or any anyone there that you can <laughs> even call up and be like, give me a hand. Um, um, yeah, plan, plan and be prepared.
1: Yeah, I'm laughing because I, I took a, a trip with uh, three other people to Thailand after the tsunamis happened yep in 2004 and and um, had somebody in country that was kind of helping me and then I lost total contact with him and had to go to my friend that was going on a trip and said um, are we still gonna do this and he's like <laughs> Yeah, we've got the internet. It'll work. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we've got Google. <laughs> yeah, we've got Google. We'll figure it out. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't suggest that. I mean, everything worked out well for us, thankfully, but but yeah. I definitely wouldn't uh, suggest doing that. I, I think you're right. You need to have people on the ground that you can uh, talk to and stuff. That's a great piece of advice. Yeah, Alicia, what is... What is something that you learned about yourself? You said you you learned you could do this and that people were interested and excited, but what's something else that you learned about yourself through this process by crossing this off your list?
0: Oh, good question. Um, I would say probably built more confidence in Mm. myself. Um, And yeah, again, without... Repeating myself, I I would say confidence. Yeah, learned learned a lot that I can actually do this.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll stick
0: with that. Confidence.
1: And how does that show up now in what you're doing?
0: I think it's just more. um, Yeah, I'm I'm more confident when people are coming to me asking what what is this situation? How do I go about this? Because you know, in the travel industry, you never know what's going to happen, as we've mm-hmm. just learned for the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Um and you know, with more experience and and more questions, then you learn more. So then you can be more prepared for those situations.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. I, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I think when you start anything new, there's that level of um, what we call over here in the states imposter syndrome, and yes. that, that and that can creep in and, and cut you off. And so, um, big time. The, the more confidence you can build up by accomplishing stuff, the better off you are for sure. Yeah. Alicia, what's the next thing you would like to cross off your bucket list?
0: Oh, next thing, you know, I'm thinking uh, South America. So a bit bit selfish Mm -hmm. of me, but I haven't traveled there myself. So uh, from a personal perspective, that's something that I would really like to do. Head over to South America and um, backpack for a good couple of months. Um, Mm. Yeah. And then obviously when it comes to the business side, just Keep expanding, but not going too big and too crazy, just slowly, slowly. And, you know, I don't want to have things just half-assed, as we say in Australia. Um, You know, I want it to be running smoothly before I expand further.
1: Is there a a place in South America that you're interested in more so than others?
0: Yeah, I want to go and do Machu Picchu.
1: Okay. (laughs) Get that (laughs) permit. And then the rest, whatever, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, good. Well, get that permit. Um, yeah so awesome well I thank you so much for being here I love your story if uh, people want to get a hold of you how can they find you on the interwebs
0: yes so you can jump online and the tour company is called chasing clean coasts Um, and then obviously I'm on social media under that name as well or Alicia Petrie and you'll find me all over the place
1: awesome you also have a podcast yourself
0: Yes, I do. My podcast is called Chasing Travel. So we talk all about travel and conservation and I talk to like-minded people like yourself, Roger, and we, yeah, have a chat about what they've experienced whilst out there in the big wide world.
1: Awesome. We will put all those uh, links and active in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you. Alicia, thank you so much for being here and for doing what you're doing um, and helping others learn to be conscious uh, travelers. I appreciate it a lot.
0: Thanks so much, Roger.
1: Until next time. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then... Keep living out your list.